One of the most impactful changes we have experienced as a society over the last couple of years is the change to our communities. It seems that we no longer rely on our neighbors like we used to. And the pandemic like supercharged this change and made it happen so much more quickly. For example, um, church attendance is at an all-time low and political divisions have destroyed families and friendships and even marriages. Well, That hasn't changed the fact that community is a vital piece of our mental and emotional health. We need a community. So today I'm going to talk all about community in today's world, why it's essential, and how you can go about finding your tribe. Your life's not like anyone else's, and chances are you found yourself on adventures you never planned to take. It's all part of this crazy journey we call life. Learning how to embrace the unexpected while working to live your best life is not easy. But you've come to the right place. Because in my world, if it's highly unlikely, it's practically guaranteed to happen. I'm Lavina Perry, and this is the Highly Unlikely Podcast. So back in 2019, which seems like a lifetime ago, even though it was just a couple of years, I decided I was going to train to hike a 14er. For those of you who maybe aren't in the hiking community or don't live in Colorado, a 14er is a mountain peak that has a 14,000 foot peak. It's very popular here. Everybody talks about it, but There's even like large groups that will do these big hiking expeditions and go hike all 58 Colorado 14ers in the summer. And I just wanted to do one. I just wanted one 14er. So I was going out every weekend, every Saturday morning, I was heading to the mountains and I was hiking and training to go hike a 14er. When I first started, it was like May, so it was pretty cool. But as the summer progressed, the temperatures, you know, went up and up and up and up. And by the end of July, it was super hot outside. And I headed out on probably like the hottest weekend of the entire year. And as I started hiking, I was like, oh, it's way hotter than what I planned. And then the hike to the top ended up being much longer. It took a lot longer than what I had planned on it taking, but I made it. I made it to the top, took my summiting selfie, and I headed back down after I sat down and ate a little snack. And as I started going down, my calves started cramping like with every step. And then about halfway down the mountain, I ran out of water and I was pretty nervous about what that meant because it was so hot and my legs were cramping, which meant I already wasn't getting enough water. And now I had no water in this blistering heat. And the whole hike was about nine miles and I made it back down to the road, the dirt road that was about a mile from the parking lot. And my legs were cramping so bad with every step, I I couldn't, I just couldn't walk anymore. I was in excruciating pain and my face was on fire. My hands were swollen. I was in 
and I was so, so, so thirsty, but I was in, I was in a pretty bad situation. And I decided that I was just going to sit down for a minute. So I, I just needed to sit down so that I could just think for a minute while I wasn't just continuing to put one foot in front of the other because I was in a pretty sticky situation and I, and I knew that. So I sat down underneath a tree in the shade and I knew that a mile in the condition that I was in, that that would be a recipe for disaster, that I was already probably on the verge of a very <laughs> life-threatening situation. So I thought, well, if I, if I can just sit here for a little while in the shade, maybe I can cool down a little bit. Eventually the sun's going to go behind the mountain and everything's going to cool off and maybe I can get my body temperature down and maybe I can go on a little more. So uh, I had no cell service. That's probably like a key piece of information. I couldn't call anyone. I was just stuck. I was alone in the woods under a tree in a pretty desperate situation and I had no way to reach out to anybody that I knew. So I just sat there alone in the woods. And that is kind of the journey that a lot of us are on today. We are alone and we're not doing very well and we don't have anybody that we can reach out to that really gets it. And as I was thinking about doing this episode, I feel like it's been mentioned. The, the mental health crisis that we're facing as a, as a country has been mentioned, but I don't think it's been given a lot of attention. Why it happened and how do we move forward and how do we support each other? There's not been a lot of conversation about what do we do now? Now that we're already in the situation that we're in, we're already sitting under the tree, dehydrated. We don't have what we need to be able to move on and we're in a pretty bad situation. Nobody's talking about how do we get ourselves out of this situation? How do we make it so that we can move forward safely? So I wanted to talk to you about community today because we don't have community anymore. Our lives are comprised of work and responsibility, and we carry a lot of that load alone, it seems. A lot of us feel very alone. Whether we're actually alone or not, we feel very alone. And we're just, I know for myself, I'm just very determined to make things work. And so I refuse to give up until I simply cannot take it another step. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. I feel like there's a lot of other people that are in that same situation. So I did a bunch of research on community because it's not optional, right? Like we, I think, I don't think I didn't have a good understanding of community. And I feel like there's a lot of people that also don't. So I did a lot of research on it and I and looked it up. You know, I wanted to read some studies and how does, how does not having a community impact us? Because if we need community, well, then what is it that happens if we don't have a community? And I wanted to really understand how this essential community, how it impacts our lives and what are the consequences of the breakdown of that community. So first and foremost, human beings are not designed to be alone. We are pack animals, right? If you want to break it down <laughs> just to the baseline, we are pack animals. We travel together. Even the most introverted among us need to have human connection. We're hardwired to be part of a community 
whether or whatever form that community takes, whether those people are friends that you see once in a while or your church community that you only see once a week or some people, they need a lot of interaction and so they will see people and interact with people and connect with people sometimes multiple times a day. I know for my my teenager that is still living at home that her need for community is on a daily basis. On the hierarchy of needs, uh, our physiological and safety needs are the only things that rank higher than our need for community. So according to the National Institute of Health, people with a weak community are more likely to have poor physical health and are far more likely to have poor mental health. Far more likely to have poor mental health if they have a weak community. So you may be one of the millions of people who experienced this firsthand uh, during the lockdowns when you can no longer go to school, you can no longer attend church, all in-person activities were shut down, nobody talked to each other in public, we all just ran in and ran back out if we had to go to the store, and everyone was hidden behind masks so you couldn't really see anybody, and like the human element, the, the human connection element of all of those little things was completely removed from our daily activities. So, This started a worldwide mental health care or mental health crisis that we have not really been able to come out of. Some people have, but at this point in time, uh, church attendance is at an all-time low. We still don't have a, a return to a level of normalcy in our interactions and our social activities that we do. And all of those group activities that were banned and the mental health issues that that resulted from that are ongoing. And I've seen people that have developed like secondary conditions from the lockdowns that they're now afraid of social interactions. But that doesn't mean that their need for social interactions and for community and a connection with other human beings, that hasn't gone away. That need for that is still there, whether they're afraid of it or not. And so it's like this compounding problem. And that is why we need to be having this conversation. We need to be talking about how do we move forward? How do we build up our communities again? How do we make those connections and build those relationships from a broken place? Because we broke it. And we need to figure out how do we fix it? How do we move forward? As I was sitting alone that day under the tree, I was pondering the choices that I had made that landed me in that situation and trying to decide what I could do that would give me the greatest chance of survival. All of a sudden, I hear this low rumble of a truck approaching. So I looked up and around the corner, I can see the front of a truck coming around this bend. And so I stumbled to my feet and I out onto the road and I waved down the truck and the driver stopped and he rolled down the window and I explained to him that I had come off the mountain and I ran out of water and that it was much hotter than what I had planned for and I was not in a it was not in a good situation. And so he told me climb in the truck. He had the AC on, he had like a 24 pack of water. He worked for the Forest Service, which I could clearly see the logo on his truck because 
had he just been a random stranger, I may have just contemplated staying there to die. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I would have been grateful for whatever help. But he did work for the Forest Service. So I sucked down water and he drove me the last mile back to the parking lot and made sure that I was safe and that I was okay to drive before he left. And I made it home safely that day. But without help, I may not have. It could have had a much, much different ending. And that ranger, he quite possibly saved my life. He didn't do anything extraordinary other than that he was there. He was there on that road and he provided me with the support that I needed at the time that I needed it. Your community doesn't have to be large and prolific. Your community doesn't have to be comprised of people related to you or people that you have always known. Your community needs to be a tribe of people that you build around you that can provide you with the support that you need. People who share goals, who share similar goals, similar ideologies that can be supportive of you. These people should be people that lift you up. These people should be people that can motivate you and inspire you and empathize with you. These people should be sharing a similar path. It doesn't have to be the same path, just a similar path, a similar path to the path that you are on or the path that you want to be on. So what that means is that if you're a big dreamer, you should be building a community with other people who are big dreamers. If you are incredibly creative and you're an artist or you want to be an artist or you just like to build things, you should be building a community with other people who are creative, that you can share ideas, you can give each other meaningful feedback, you can help each other when being creative isn't fun because sometimes being creative is really hard. But to have people that will push you and motivate you and inspire you to keep going when you're having a hard time. There's a saying, it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There's actually science that supports it. The five people closest to you have the greatest impact on you, that you're similar to the five people who are closest to you. So it would stand a reason then that if you are picking a community, that you would pick those five people very carefully. So how do we do that? Because the last couple of years have changed us so much. And I mean, not being able to have those human connections in the way that we've always had them in the traditional way, for a lot of people, that was torture. For other people, it was very comfortable. So comfortable, in fact, that we got a thing called the great resignation where everybody was quitting their jobs and looking for work that would allow them to stay home or getting out of the workforce completely and starting their own businesses or following a big dream and chasing a a dream that that they had always had that had always been on the back burner and now they finally saw this big opportunity to to go after their dream. And so a lot of what we're doing now has moved online because the need to reach out and be connected with each other has demanded an avenue for that. The this need that we have to be there for each other, this need that we have to connect with each other is so real and existential that People were very motivated to make that happen. People demanded that they be able to reach out to their loved ones that they couldn't see in person, that we could have work meetings, that we could socialize with our friends. And new friendships have been born 
several of the friends that I have now that I consider them to be my friends, we don't see each other in person. We don't even live in the same states. Heck, there's two of them that don't even live in this country. That we're able to have a friendship and connect with each other via online things. And there's all kinds of things like Slack, Discord, YouTube, Zoom, FaceTime, not YouTube. Why did I say YouTube? Zoom and like FaceTime, like through Messenger that has allowed us to build communities in new ways without the limits of geography. That's not really comfortable for everybody. And there's been a lot of people that if you didn't pick up on all of the technological stuff or you don't like it, you didn't really get into it, that maybe that's not an option for you or something that you're not familiar with. There's good news though, is that those communities can now be built again in person. But how do we go about doing that? Because it's not easy like it was because of the changes that have happened within our society. And we don't know people in our neighborhoods and our on our block anymore like we used to, right? It used to be that you knew all your neighbors. And uh, I lived in a neighborhood for a few years where we got together in the summers and we'd sit around a fire pit. We'd get together on 4th of July and we would take each other gifts at Christmas. And all of that completely broke down. And it started to break down before the pandemic. But when we had the lockdowns, it just shut everything down completely and it never came back. And I've moved out of that neighborhood now and I don't know a single one of my neighbors. I don't even see them. I understand firsthand the breakdown in our neighborhoods and our local communities, but there's other ways to meet people. There's other ways to build that community and there is no need to continue and remain isolated and alone when we know that community is an essential need for our mental, emotional, and physical health. So a few options for you to find people in person are through your community centers and libraries. They have like classes and activities that you can join, and they're either free or very low cost, and you can meet in person to do all kinds of different activities. Social media also has groups like Facebook has groups that the entire purpose of that group is to schedule and arrange things with people in your same geographic area to go do things like hikes or getting together to crochet or people will do like the wine and paint things and I've seen where they will get together and that they will schedule them in advance and you can sign up for things that you want to go to. So there's even using social media for in-person get-togethers. Local churches will also have groups that will meet during the week to do community, like to do service in the community. If you say community service, (laughs) it sounds like court-ordered, but to do service within the community or they have lists of other various activities that you can join in with. I think the biggest takeaway here is that If you're seeking to build a community, it can be in person or online, but the key part here is that you need to do it. You need to find people who are on the same path as you, that share your ideas or your ideologies and your values, and then you need to make friends and build a community with people because it is good for you. It's essential for you. The only thing that's more important than community is your physiological and safety needs. That makes community very high on the list of things that you need to do for yourself. So take some of these 
ideas, you know, go on online and find some groups that you really resonate with that you can start interacting with and start building relationships with or find groups in your community in person and start building your own community of people who are sharing a similar path and make those relationships and those connections so that you can start to reap the rewards of having a strong community. And that's all I have for you today. So until next time, take care of yourself, be kind and live your best life. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Highly Unlikely Podcast, you can find more by following me on Facebook at A Highly Unlikely Life or find me on the web at ahighlyunlikelylife.com. And don't forget to subscribe.